Hi there. Welcome to the Innovation Insight Podcast brought to you by the Walton Institute. In this webinar, Gronya Deline, PhD student and Communications and Dissemination Manager for Demeter, presents her research to date. Funded by the Demeter Project, Gronya is undertaking a PhD to determine the farmer's decision-making process when adopting smart farming technologies. These technologies have been identified as a means of increasing agricultural sustainability. However, Smart farming technology adoption rates in EU farms is lower than other markets. In her presentation, Gronje outlines the main internal and external factors that impact farmers' adoptions of such technologies. We hope you enjoy it. My PhD in total is kind of determining what the farmer's decision-making process is when they're adopting smart technologies. So as part of that, I'm looking at the different factors which impact the decision-making process, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. So just a little bit of background and uh, to my study. So the challenges which agriculture face are well documented. There's a growing population, there's an aging workforce, there's climate change issues, and there's a real need for a sustainable agriculture. Um, and technology has then been recognised as a potential solution to help increase this agricultural sustainability, and particular smart farming technologies. Um, but when you look at the uptake of these technologies in the agriculture sector versus other industries, agriculture is lagging behind and particularly the EU is lagging behind other countries and areas. So several researchers have identified the need to better understand the decision making process. So I'm from a business kind of marketing communications background, so that's why I'm looking at this um, this topic. So. My research is funded by Demeter, which is the Horizon 2020 project led out from TSSG and Demeter aims to drive the digitization of the EU agri-food sector and to deliver um, smart farming solutions that are interoperable. So when you look at the different factors which impact adoption, they can be grouped into five different categories. So you have informational factors, behavioral and social, business and economic, technological, and also external influences. So I'm gonna bring you through each of these in a little bit of detail today. So the first factor, uh, group of factors that we'll talk about is information factors. So overall, there's a real lack of awareness among farmers in terms of smart farming technologies and what they can deliver. So. In order for adoption to take place, diffusion must firstly occur. And diffusion is described as the process by which an innovation or technology is communicated through various different channels to the rele relevant target market. So if the information isn't diffused down to the farmers, you can see how there, there would be a lack of awareness. So there's a real disconnect between the information that the technology providers have, that scientists, that researchers like ourselves have, and that how that, far, how that information gets to the end user, the farmer. So when the farmer does uh, or is aware of these smart farming technologies, they kind of feel in a way that they're overloaded with information. So they might be interested in technology, but then there's robotic, there's drones, there's grass sensors. So they're a little bit unsure as to which technology would best suit them. Next, they're very unclear on the benefits for them. So they really want facts and figures to back up the return on investment. But what they're seeing are case studies maybe from different parts of the country or different parts of the world or different farm types or sizes to theirs. So they don't feel really that the technology that's been communicated is relevant for them. And then finally, there's 
the overuse of technical language. So, you know, we talk about agri IoT sensors, agriculture 4.0, precision agriculture, digital agriculture, smart farming. So, so many different terms for similar concepts, but the farmer doesn't talk in that same language. So, they feel a little bit alienated by the communication materials. In terms of where the farmer gets their information, so it really depends on the actual type of farmer. So if you think of the adoption curve, the early adopters, so people who adopt these technologies before the mass, they are very interested in this area and they're actively seeking information themselves. So they're looking at different information sources you can see in the graph there. So they're looking up media channels, they're going online, they're joining discussion groups, they're looking at tech providers, they're also going to events where these technologies are um, available, they're talking to their farm advisor, they're talking to other farmers, etc. Uh, people who are later on the adoption curve, they really just look at other farmers to see what they've done and then they take their information from their peers. So you can see there's a real need to communicate all these different technologies using the array of different communication channels that are available. The farm advisor is really important, so farmers cite them as one of the most influential sources of information. Again, that's because they see them as unbiased and they feel like the information that they're getting from their farm advisor regarding technology will be of benefit specifically to them. If they're part of a cooperative, this can also help the knowledge transfer because again, they're with their peers and they're learning about um, other farmers experience and government sponsored events, particularly those that are led by farmers are seen as been very beneficial to diffuse information to the different farmers and farm types. Next, the behavioural and social factors. So age is an interesting one. Some researchers suggest that younger farmers are more, are more likely to adopt technology, while other researchers say there's no relationship between age and adoption. So I suppose when you look at middle-aged farmers now, they probably have grown up with technology, so maybe age isn't as influential as other factors in terms of adoption. Education is, however, so the more uh, educated the farmer is, the more likely they are to adopt the technology. Culture is also important. So what is the farmer's affinity with traditional advertising or traditional farming practices? And that will impact their decision to adopt or not to adopt. And location is also interesting. So what you'll see are different uh, clusters, location clusters of farmers in the same area adopting technologies. And again, that might go back to one of the farmers being an early adopter and then talking to other farmers in their circle who similarly adopt the same technology. It's also to do with the geographic location in terms of different technologies will work well on different farms given their soil type or location in terms of climate, etc. But perhaps more interesting, and this is an area I'm focusing really on in my PhD, is the role of their attitudes and perceptions. So when the farmer is considering adopting technology, they're really looking at what they believe the perceived benefit of the adoption will be. So that might be in terms of increasing their profit or reducing their money they're spending on fertilizers, pesticides. It could be the environmental impact of adopting these technologies, or it could be the labor savings that they get by adopting these technologies. So there's two variables that are really important. So the first one is how useful the farmer perceives the technology will be in helping them to carry out their job in a more efficient manner. And the second one is how the farmer perceives the technology is easy to use. So given the skills that the farmer has, does he or she perceive that the technology will be easy for them to use? So these two variables, they then create an attitude that the farmer has 
towards adoption. So if the farmer believes that the technology will help them uh, carry out their job better and that they can, it's easy to use, that will have a positive attitude, which leads to a positive behavioural intent to use the technology. But if the farmer has any fear or distrust or scepticism towards the technology, that leads to a negative attitude, which is really hard then to turn into a positive intent to use the technology. Um, I'll also be looking at the farmer's personality. So, you know, how open they are, how connected they are to society and then really important what their attitude to risk is. So farmers who are a little bit more risk adverse um, kind of probably will develop a more negative attitude uh, than other farmers. And I think it's quite interesting to note that overall farmers' perceptions of what smart farming technologies will deliver for them is lower than what uh, technology providers, scientists, researchers, etc. Uh, believe. Next, we move to the business and economic factors. So without, without doubt, cost is a, is a major factor and it's uh, many farmers feel that the, the cost is prohibitive to adoption. Um, it's not only the cost associated with purchasing the technology, but it's the time that the farmer might need to upscale or change their way of doing things. And indeed the time then that they need to uh, figure out what to do with the data that all these technologies are providing. Because uh, some of these technologies can be quite cost uh, heavy, uh, larger farmers are more larger farms are more likely to adopt the technology than smaller farmers and this is because they can absorb some of the financial risk but also that they can uh, borrow more money from the banks than smaller farmers could so with that in mind many of the solutions that are available today are built very much with the large farmer in mind and then they somewhat alienate the smaller farmers as well Farming is quite difficult because there's no single solution fits all. There's so many different farm types, sizes, etc. So there isn't going to be a technology that suits all these different types of farmers. Um, and I suppose, Demetra, what we talked about earlier is going back to make sure that everything is interoperable. So whatever technologies that you're using, that they will be interoperable with other technologies. Um, so arable farmers and fruit and veg farmers, they've got a higher level of adoption than livestock or animal based farming as well. Next, moving to the technological factors. So these are the, the factors of the technology itself. So there's five different characteristics that will impact the adoption. So we kind of talked earlier about the ease of use and the complexity. So the more intuitive the, the technology is, the easier it is to use. The farmer believes then that they have the capabilities to use that technology. The compatibility. So does it match in with the farmer's values and their experiences? So you know, if there's going to be a big change in how the farmer goes about his daily activities, he's not really going to, to want to use the technology. Tryability is important. So if the technology provider offers um, a trial basis before full implementation, that has a really positive uh, impact on full adoption. Relative advantage is similar to the usefulness. So it, will the technology help me carry out my job in a better manner? And then observability is important for those farmers who adopt later on the adoption curve. So can you see the benefits with your own eye on farms? So if one farm adopts the technology, can the farm down the road or someone else um, observe the benefits that this technology will provide? So these five uh, characteristics of the technology impact that user perception, which again impacts the attitude to adopt. 
we must also talk about the connectivity and data privacy concerns because this again can create a negative attitude. So if the farmer has all the will in the world to want to adopt this technology, but the infrastructure is in place, it's no good. So, you know, we talk about 5G, uh, 6G, but, you know, some rural parts of uh, Europe or Ireland still have poor 3G or 4G or uh, broadband coverage. So this has really increased the digital divide between urban and rural farmers. And farmers more and more are talking about the uh, data storage and privacy issues. So, you know, who owns the data? What's, how is the data going to be used? What happens if um, the technology provider is hacked? Can the farmer be identified? So if this is not clear to the farmer, it can again lead to distrust and scepticism towards using the technology, which will impact their ability to adopt it. And then looking at the last uh, group of factors, so this is the external influences. So how do people outside the farmer's network influence their adoption decisions? So processor and distributors, retailers and consumer, you know, coming down the line, there is kind of more pressure on the farmer to adopt more um, environmentally friendly um, farming methods, which could be uh, an incentive for the farmer to start using these technologies. But the most influential uh, person there is the regulator. So studies have shown that tax incentives and subsidies um, are a really positive uh, influence on the farmer to help increase adoption. However, if the farmer feels forced into using the technology, um, it creates a really negative attitude. And you can see that they were really reluctant to um, adopt these technologies. So uh, what can help um, to encourage the farmer to adopt? So more information, you know, relatable case studies that the farmer can see um, how the technology has helped other farmers that are similar to them, similar in size, maybe similar in location and similar type farm. More training and education is needed to help diffuse the information. So blended learning approach using all those different communication channels like mass media, the farm uh, advisor, events, other farmer groups, discussion groups, etc. Um, the farm advisors and uh, digital digital innovation hubs are really good for diffusing that information. And that's a lot of the work that TSSG does to help um, get to the farmer on the ground level and educate them on the different technologies that are available and how they can benefit from them. Um, access to capital for smaller farmers, so that can be difficult, but there are cases where farmers in a region can share some of the technologies. It's not always um, possible, but they are, you are seeing smaller groups of farmers coming together and sharing technologies. Um, government investment in tech infrastructure is a big thing. Uh, contracts and agreements, so technology providers set out straight away who owns the data and how the data will be used. And finally, um, incentivize farmers to use the technology. So at the moment in my uh, PhD, I'm doing the literature review, which is looking at the different stages in the farmer's decision making process, their behavior at each of those stages, and then the different factors which influence the um, each of those stages as well. So as part of the Demeter project, there is 6,000 farmers involved. There's 20 pilot projects which have been running across arable crops, uh, fruit and veg, livestock, etc. So I will be talking to these farmers as part of my uh, research to better understand their attitudes, uh, values, motivations, etc. So I'm going to be doing a questionnaire to hopefully uh, 6,000 farmers, although I know I won't get a full response like that, but it will be a, a very rich 
um, survey if I can get a lot of participants to complete it. So I'll be carrying out the survey and then I'll be doing uh, focus groups to kind of learn or investigate some of the findings from the survey in more detail to better understand um, the farmers' um, attitudes and values, etc. So that's it from me, quite different to um, some of the previous uh, presentations that we've um, from here, but hopefully you found it interesting. Thanks very much, Gronia. That was really interesting. Does anyone have any questions? Hi, Deirdre. Can, can you hear me clearly? Hi, Mohit. How are you? Hi, good. Uh, hi, Gronia. Thanks for the presentation. I, I just have one quick question. Um, uh, you're going to do these surveys for the farm to, with the farmers, right? Roughly around 6,000 that you mentioned. Say so that again and go to which? Uh, you're going to do the surveys with the farmers, with the focus, which will be roughly around 6,000 farmers. That's correct, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, will the data that will be gathered from this survey, it would be available to everyone or the findings would be kind of available, openly available to everyone so that someone can see like these are the requirements that are needed in the farming domain and we can build on top of that using the technological expertise or is it kind of confined to the project no i can share the findings yeah i probably won't share the raw data but i can definitely share the findings of course yeah no problem okay but, but the raw data is still intact with the project right uh, well at the moment i haven't uh, explained i'm only at that stage yet so i suppose i can put in a, a line in my survey to say that it will be shared with the wider consortium, but I, I haven't got that far yet, but I can consider that all right, yeah. Okay, okay. that would be great to see, so what farmers are actually looking for, finally. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Hi, Sonia, how are you? Hi, Karen, good. Great presentation, thanks. And um, I was just wondering, do you, have you identified any other areas of research that would benefit your study, but which you're not going to tackle yourself? Oh, there's loads, yeah. Um, so in Demeter, one of the research institutes, Fraunhofer, um, there's a student there doing a PhD as well, who's going to look at similar area to me, but not the exact same as well. So where he's kind of maybe looking at um, the role of farmers' expectations have been involved in EU projects like this, or you know, other projects that TSSG has been involved in. So that will kind of be a, a longitudinal study where you look at what they expect to find at the start, what they're expecting to get out of it in the middle and what they, how their values match up at the end. So it's kind of to encourage farmers to get involved in these type projects, but like there's so many research gaps in terms of, um, I can't think of any at the moment, but I know I have a document going through all the the different areas that need to be researched in terms of encouraging farmers to adopt technology so I can share that with you um, I suppose when you get into your PhD you just get very focused on your own question and you, you forget about yeah. the others but I do have a document that looks um, a lot of them maybe look at you know this the difference looking at differences in farmer type or the small farmer needs versus the large farmer needs and all those but yeah I can share a, a full document with you that's great. Thanks, Gronia. Uh, uh, the reason I ask is because at the moment we're trying to recruit um, some candidates for uh, research projects under the Career Fit Plus programme. So it would be a case of matching up uh, a research area with the candidate and an external industry partner. Okay. So I suppose that question extends to everybody else as well. If there's an area 
that anybody wants to research that you think that would be a good fit for a candidate and an industry partner as well? Uh, just let me know. Yeah, I'll send that on to you, Carol. Thanks. Thanks a million, Gwanya. Hey, Gwanya, Evan here. When do you think you'll actually start collecting data? Or what, what kind of stage are you at in that regard? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Ho I'm hoping to maybe um, start from March next year. So at the moment, I'm building the questionnaire to make sure that the, the constructs that I'm using are taken from other previous questionnaires. So um, I'm doing that at the moment. So I would hope really to start in March. So I'm trying to make sure that the sample that Indometer are representative farmers. So I've been talking to Martin in this to make sure that they're not all similar type farmers. Obviously, they're all involved in Demeter, so they have some sort of interest in technology and they're willing to provide data back to Demeter as well. So um, I'm starting to gather the different farm and farming organisations that are involved in Demeter just to make sure that the sample isn't any way biased at the moment. So mm. I would hope by March that I would start, that I would have a questionnaire ready to pilot and then send out. And Grani, do you think that this is a, a bit of a left field question, but that some of the research you're doing in around adoption, I presume it's applicable to other industries. I know you're obviously focused on on agriculture, but you know, for for years, I suppose within TSSG, we're well, we're we're very much technology focused, and the, the whole area of adoption and what drives that across yeah. multiple industries I'm, I'm presuming is quite interesting as well you know yeah and i mean the the two characteristics i talked there about the perceived usefulness and the ease of use like there that's a model that was developed um not specifically for agriculture but has been adopted so it's been used in several other industries and it's proven to show that in terms of adoption they are the two variables that will really create an attitude which then leads to the behavioural intent to use the technology. So that is similarly for a consumer as it is for an organisation as well. So yeah, I suppose there it can be applied to other sectors and industries as well. Thanks. Um, I think Mohammed has his hand up there to ask a question. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Konya. Uh, very useful information. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just have one question or another or two questions. How do you have an idea of how the the farmers uh, how willing to to use mobile apps or tablets to get an idea about get feedback about the farm, the soil information? Are they willing to use adopt uh, tablets, work with mobile apps? Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at that specifically, but I think, again, it comes back as that the farmer is willing to use these technologies if they perceive that the benefit outweighs the cost or the, the time implementation as well. So, yeah, I think they're willing. And again, it comes back to if the infrastructure is in place to allow them to use the technology and if the cost isn't too prohibitive. But there is a real interest in these technologies, but it, it must be supported by the infrastructure in place as well. It, again, I don't think you can generalise that the farmer is willing to use the, the category of apps. It, it would come down to the interface of the app and what it looks like. So one might be more attractive to one farmer than another as well. So that must be taken into account. Okay, sounds good. And maybe if we provide some 
training, maybe that will make it easier for them to adopt such uh, assistive technology. Yeah, definitely. Right. And if the if the training can be led by other farmers in particular, there's a definitely a more of a trust element involved there rather than the a tech provider. It can be organized with the tech provider, but if, if a farmer is involved in the training and the the communication, it, it shows that other farmers are, are more willing to trust that source of information. Okay. Uh, good. Another question is, uh, do you have an idea about the willingness of farmers to engage in not daily, day to day, but from time to time maintenance of the assist of technology, such as moving, handling, mani managing uh, uh, underground sensors, or are they willing to work with technology or they, they want to have minimal interaction, they want just to deploy technology and uh, get the information. Work, yeah, um, it's that's not something I've looked at at all. It could be an area that I, I do look at, but at, at the moment I don't I don't know on that. So okay. I don't want to give you a wrong answer, but I can definitely um, take a look for you. Yeah, it would be great if you okay. can have an idea yeah. about aspect. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, Mohish, I think you have your hand up there for a question. Yeah. Hi, Grona. Hi again. Hi so, again. Uh, uh, is there any geographical diversification in terms of farmers that are you, that you're gonna interview? Like, like, will they only be based in Ireland, or they will be based in multiple regions all over the world? Yeah. So, um, the Demeter project is active in eighteen countries. So, I'll be accessing data from there. So, there's a, a nice mix of Western and Eastern European countries. Um, and more, some countries more developed than others. So I think it will give kind of a rich overview of uh, farmers in general. So yeah, hopefully now um, we've got different farming organizations involved in Demeter as well. So hopefully they can push to get active participation from most of the countries involved. And uh, um, is the questionnaire same for all of these farmers or will there yes. be difference in questionnaire? No, it will be, be the same. It'll be uniform so that I can I'm um, hopefully what you might see is different um, trends for different countries or regions as well. So um, I think it's important to keep the questionnaire the same. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Innovation Insight podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast streaming services. For more information on the Walton Institute, check out our website at www.waltoninstitute.com i.e. and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. Bye for now.